Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. Um, I am working from home today, so I've got um, Craig on my screen, which is great to see you, Craig. Uh, my topic today is Together is Better Than One, and I decided to use Leo Biscaglia as to walk beside me. I've got a few of his YouTubes. He died in 1998, but he was called the Doctor of Love. And one of the things he said was, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential to turn a life around. And so it is that I called my program today, Together is Better Than One. And in this month, it's a particular um, uh, happening, is that we are celebrating three of the major faith, Abrahamic faith traditions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And this doesn't happen very often. It happens more or less in every 30 years. And perhaps I naively thought, uh, you know, this would be a time of tolerance, of respect, and, and perhaps even healing, but it hasn't been. Um, but, but we have seen the three Abrahamic religions celebrating, and I do wish, um, our Jewish, our Jewish listeners, Chag Pesach or Pesach, and happy Easter to our Christian listeners and to our um, Muslim listeners. Um, I hope that your fast of Ramadan is going smoothly and peacefully. Unfortunately, you know, I say peace for all of them. And I think that's one of the major things that actually is in each, uh, in the Bible, in the Quran, in the Torah. They, we, it teaches us love, hope, resilience. But unfortunately, peace appears to have been missed out. And the world is definitely suffering because of this. There doesn't seem to be much respect, no empathy, and no care. And I'm going to be actually giving you a few examples of how there is still care around, and we can still meet each other as brother to brother. The pandemic was a life-changing lesson. And if that hasn't changed us and made us more aware of our, our little, tiny little speck of humanity, then I don't know whatever, what will. But in the pandemic, we, when we recognized that there was no one religion or country that was spared, we were united in uncertainty, in fear, and in what was to become. Have we forgotten that unifying energy so quickly? It should now be, has still be a unifying uh, event because that was, the pandemic was on a massive scale and for a while it actually did appear to unite us all. 
until the blame game began. And we started blaming this country and that country for holding on to vaccines, for causing the pandemic, for the virus, and, and so it went on. And you're going to be listening to Dr. Biscaglia and how he talks about love and how important it is for all of us to understand that we have our own choice in this world of who we want to become. In this time of the special moment of the three Abrahamic faith traditions, all together overlapping, I believe that we're all being called with that call. Adam, where are you? And are we going to hide and pretend we're not here to answer the call? Or are we going to step forward into our own light and say, here I am, what is required of me? Rabbi Sachs said that to be free, we have to let go of hate. And I think that that's one of our most divisive um, elements is this this hate and every every single faith at the moment stands at a historic crossroads and which path will we take you know that maybe Nachman of Breslau when he says the world is the whole world is a narrow bridge and we have to choose how we are going to cross it those are not his exact words, but we each have the choice of how we personally are going to cross our own bridges. Now, we we allow we are human, and we have we and as humans we have made concepts which create divisions and people to create enmity enmity between each other. That's not the purpose of why we're here. We can get along in harmony and in peace. And most of all, we actually can prosper together if we are authentic to our faith. And for those who say they don't have faith, well, it's okay. Be a good person. Be a person who reaches out to others. That in itself is that tukuna that alam or ubuntu which is reaching out to others and, and understanding that we each have a place to play in this world. And I know that I, I sound as though I am preaching, but let's face it, that religions have failed the humanity in many ways. And the, the tenets of the freedom, justice, and equality have been lost along the way. And that's why faith is actually at a crossroads. I read the most unbelievable article coming out of Dubai, and it's about this um, um, uh, what the three. It's this whole complex, which I'm going to tell you about later. But what I want to actually tell you right now: a few good things that have come out of Israel lately, and I know a lot of you. I have got family as I do in Israel, and we have been very worried about what's going on. And I'm quite sure that whether we are Muslims, Christians, or Jews, a lot of us do have family in the Holy Land. And it has been very worrying. 
So when I saw this article, and I picked it up on Aritz uh, Sheva 7, which is the news program, it said PA Arab saves Jewish couple from ambush on Highway 60. Arab shelters couple in his home after their car hits rock barricade in the middle of the night. A young Jewish couple had a narrow escape after Palestinian Arabs attempted to ambush them on the Highway 60 near Karmatsua, north of Hebron. Amichai and Nitzan Baron were driving home last Tuesday along the highway through the Judean hills at three o'clock in the early hours of the morning when they encountered a barricade of stones on the road. And I'm going to get back to that shortly. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. You're now going to listen to a very, very short YouTube by Leo Biscaglia on wrists. I want to read you this, and then I, I promise to close. But it says this, To laugh is to risk appearing the fool. Well, so what? Fools have a lot of fun. <laughs> to weep is to risk being called sentimental. Of course I'm sentimental. I love it. To reach out to another is to risk involvement. Who's risking involvement? I want to be involved. To expose feelings is to risk showing your true self. What else do I have to show? To place your ideas and your dreams before the crowd is to risk being called naive. Oh, I'm called worse things than that. <laughs> to love is to risk not being loved in return. I don't love to be loved in return. To live is to risk dying. I'm ready for it. Don't you dare shed one tear if you hear that Buscalia blew up in the air. Drop dead with enthusiasm. To hope is to risk despair, and to try is to risk failure. But risks must be taken, because the greatest risk in life is to risk nothing. The person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, is nothing, and becomes nothing. He may avoid suffering and sorrow, but he simply cannot learn and feel and change and grow and love and live. Chained by his certitudes, he's a slave. He's for forfeited his freedom. Only the person who risks is truly free. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. You can SMS me on 34519, or you can telegram me on 061. Eight nine five one zero one nine. Now I love what Leo Biscaglia said about risk and uh, how we have to uh, risk. And what I'm going to be telling you again was I was telling you about this Palestinian Arab who saved Jewish couple from ambush on Highway 60. Now that was a huge risk. If, um, Amikai and Nitzan Baron, I'm just going back a little bit for anyone who's just tuned in. We're driving home last Tuesday along Highway 60 through the Judean Hills at three o'clock in the early hours of the morning when they encountered a barricade of stones on the road. We were on our way home in the middle of the night and on the road there was a heap of rocks, Amikai said. 
I tailed a Palestinian car whose driver had also seen the rocks and had swerved, but I didn't make it and ended up hitting the rocks. It was then that a number of Palestinian Arab youths materialized and started to throw rocks and stones at the Baron's car. M, a local Arab who doesn't want to be named, whose home overlooks the site of the incident, happened to notice what was transpiring. I mean, this was very lucky to think about it. This, this was at three in the morning. Happened to notice what was transpiring and he went outside to call to the barons to seek refuge in his home. Well, initially, as you can imagine, they, they were scared to go into his house. But then he, uh, Amichai said, we realized that he genuinely wanted to help us. I don't want to think about what might have happened otherwise if he hadn't been there for us to reach out to us. The Barons alerted security forces to the incident and a number of soldiers soon arrived to escort them in a military vehicle from M's home to their home. Uh, leaving their own vehicle behind. The next morning, they returned to pick up their vehicle, only to find that it had been smashed up with rocks and set alight. And as for M, the man who reached out to save them, what was his reward? His reward was to have his home stoned by PA Arab News. Now, that is a wonderful story because it is, he was risking, he was risking his life and as you see, his, his home as well was at risk. Martin Luther King said, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. What are we supposed to be? I think sometimes we have to dig deep into ourselves to ask, what is it that we want to be in the world? And it's not about, I, re I remember seeing something that said, it's not about leaving uh, a, um, an inheritance. It's about leaving a legacy. What do we want our legacy to be? Do we want our legacy and our grandchildren and the generations to come to be brought up with love, with care, with respect for other people, no matter what their religion is, no matter whether they have a religion or not? They, what just Every human being needs to be respected. And if that is the legacy we can leave, how special it is. Do you know that I have a, a, a very good friend. She's a lot older than me. We work together at the general hospital in one of the specialized units there. And um, she's actually 20 years older than me. And she's now living um, down in the Cape. And she has Alzheimer's, so I'm no longer able to speak to her. But every year on her birthday, I send flowers. And her son takes a photo of her holding the flowers. And she seems to be smiling. But whatever it is, it lifts my heart, my soul, to know that I still have a connection with her. Even if it's not a connection, a physical connection. Emotionally, we will always be uh, um, related emotionally to each other. Why? Because that's what our relationship was built on right from the beginning. It was built on care, on respect, and on love. And that care and that love and respect 
was actually also given to all our patients that we had. That sort of friendship is a friendship that teaches us so much. Now, I also wanted to tell you another really good story from Yosef Haddad. It was on his own Lincoln uh, site. And it said, in a month and a half, for the first time in history, there will be a street in an ultra-Orthodox city named after a non-Jew, an Israeli Arab citizen. This is Amir Kuri, the hero of Israel, the policeman who sacrificed his life exactly one year ago in the attack in B'nai Brak, when he stopped a terrorist together with his friend and saved the lives of civilians. This is truly an exciting and special thing, and he deserves it. He deserves all the recognition and appreciation because he is an example of our shared destiny in Israel. Produced to the Bnei Brak municipality for the decision, we will remember Amir Puri always. I love that story. I really did, because I just thought, wow, to be recognized, to be able to walk through um, Bnei Brak, such a religious area of Jerusalem, and to be walking down a street named after Amir Kuri, I mean, that's a first. And I, and I actually really do enjoy that story. Then the other story that I wanted to share with you, also coming out of Israel, is Rabbi D from Rabbi D. Now, if you remember, Rabbi D's two daughters were murdered by a terrorist action uh, last week. And his wife was fighting for her life and unfortunately she also had sustained bullet wounds and she died yesterday but he was talking to the press and I think he did it deliberately and I thought my gosh I think probably shock was carrying him through to be able to to express himself like that and um, he he said and he also noted that for the first time in 30 years, the Jewish, Christian and Muslim festivals of Passover, Easter and Ramadan have all coincided. And he said that um, he described how Passover and Easter are festivals of redemption and how fasting on Ramadan teaches empathy. So this is the making of all the holidays to make the world a better place. And he said all religions believe that we have the power to tell the difference good and evil so that we can choose to do good and if we choose good then we make the world into a better place now just remember please that this is a man who has gone from a family of seven to a family of four and that was through terrorist attacks and as he said I'm saddened that recently maybe over the past 20 years of my life this innate ability to differentiate between good and evil has been gradually lost from humanity. That's why I wish to designate today, which was yesterday, the 10th of April, as D's Day. Don't forget that his surname was D, and the three women who were killed were their, their surnames with him. The day we differentiate between good and evil, right and wrong. And he said, how do we differentiate between this good and evil? And he said, we use our gut feeling 
Yes, there's no better formula because we can't trust an app. We can't trust the news. And he goes on to say, sorry, gentlemen, because he was talking to all the world uh, media. There were masses of microphones around. him. We can only trust our intuitions. So how would I like you to celebrate these days this year? If you feel that it was wrong to shoot dead at close range three beautiful, innocent young lives in the prime of their lives, then please post a picture of you or your spouse or your children, he says, with an Israeli flag. I say, with a peace flag also, that peace sign. Uh, Whatever you want, but just remember to do it with peace in our hearts. If we have peace in our hearts, we can get so in our lives. Now, you know, Henry Ford said, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. That was from Henry Ford. And that is what required a lot of hard work together. On that hard work, I would like to just talk about Passover for a moment. Now, let's face it. Passover is certainly a time of hard work if you're going to be keeping uh, all the kosher laws of Passover. By the time the first Seder comes, I must admit you're almost exhausted. And yet, strangely enough, once the Seder starts, there's the excitement that comes in with it, that you've done everything you're supposed to do and everyone can now just enjoy being part of your Seder. This year, I would like to talk about connection. Because connection is so important. In the world of the, our social media today, um, we, we, are we connect through WhatsApp, through Facebook. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing that we are not always connecting face to face. So this year, we went, our family and my daughter-in-law's family and my son-in-law, some of his family, we all went to uh, the communal Seder at our synagogue and there were about 180 people there so it was a very large Seder and our, our rabbi Rabbi Upson did amazing work keeping it together and bringing in what the children had to do so that the, the children's service being run by uh, special people running the, the children's service they all did so well but what I noticed was that people were connecting so everyone was sitting down initially as the, as the Seder started and we were, we, everyone was listening and participating. Uh, they were singing when they were supposed to sing. They were keeping relatively quiet when they were supposed to be keeping quiet. But the fact was that it was in unit. It was in unison. And then when the meal started and you could walk around, I noticed that people were walking around and greeting each other and greeting each other with great enthusiasm. I have to admit that there were certain people um, who don't particularly like crowds who weren't walking around. But for a, for a large majority, people were going from table to table and saying hello to people that they hadn't seen for ages. And it was actually so nice to see when I, I went up to somebody that I hadn't seen for absolute ages and we were both so excited to see each other that it was a good feeling of connection. Um, and um, what also was very, uh, I would say, um, 
there was an aura, an energy that you could feel there. It was an energy of people wanting to connect with one another. And um, that that energy kind of permeated that whole hall. And so, you know, I'm sure many people are going to go back next year. Uh, in our family, we have a few people who are not very sociable, and they won't be going back next year. But they did admit that it was incredibly done. So connection is just such an important part of our lives. And our friends are important. But I want to go back, you know, I mentioned a bit earlier that uh, I wanted to tell you about this complex that had been started. It's called the Abrahamic Family House. It changes all the rules of interfaith understanding. Uh, it's actually a, a, a huge complex. And if you look at the aerial view of it, if you go onto uh, Google or Safari, you will see that um, there's a, a synagogue, a church, and, and a mosque. And this is in Abu Dhabi. And it's, it's actually amazing. It was opened um, recently, as far as I can make out. Um, it said on February the 16th. The United Arab Emirates officially opened the Abrahamic family house consisting of a mosque, a church, and a synagogue that face one another on the same square in Abu Dhabi. I actually like that thought that they're all facing each other. And beside each one stands a very tall pillar which it, with, uh, with an illuminating Islamic crescent Christian cross and a Jewish menorah. Respectively, they are each shining a hopeful light for interfaith tolerance and understanding. Something good is happening in the desert. The question is, will it make a lasting difference? Apparently, Pope Francis in February 2019 was at the UAE and he met with the Grand Iman of Al-Azhar, and um, who is the leader of the oldest Islamic educational institution in the world. And their meeting actually ended with the signing of the document of human fraternity, which sets ambitious goals to foster interfaith understanding. Now, so this was um, the the ambitious goal was this building of of this, and it's it's very novel. It's certainly not be done in um, you know anywhere else, and um, it's they're hoping. That UAE are hoping to promote tolerance through the year, over the years, several years. And it actually says that um, the UAE has also demonstrated a commitment to promoting tolerance outside its borders, supporting UNESCO's effort to reconstruct a historic mosque and two nearby churches in Iraq's second largest city, Mosul, after they were destroyed by ISIS. I found that incredibly interesting. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of left wondering how long those that mosque and those churches are actually going to survive there, but hopefully they will. Um, and as usual, some people have questioned the sincerity of these types of efforts, and uh, they're wondering if they were there to distract from the region's uh, other policies, which I don't exactly fit in with democracy. But at the same time, uh, if they are focusing on, in, uh, on countering the ISIS ideology um, and building 
a community of tolerance, well, I think we can all go along with that. Then the other thing I wanted to talk about was friendships. Now, um, just hang on. I thought I thought that Craig was. Yes, okay. I'll get back to friendships in a minute. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on 101.9 High FM on the Finding Human program. And you're about to listen to another of Leo Boscaglia's short YouTubes. The time is now. The time to buy the dress is now. The time to give the flowers is now. The time to make the phone call is now. The time to write the note is now. The time to reach over and touch them is now. The time to say to them, you're important to me. You know, sometimes I seem to forget, but I don't. My life would be pretty empty without you, with no strings attached, is now. Uh, During the Vietnam War, one of my lovely students came in and put a poem on my desk. And I want to share this with you because it's a very poignant one. She called it, Things You Didn't Do. And she says, remember the day I borrowed your brand new car and I dented it? I thought you'd kill me, but you didn't. And remember the time I dragged you to the beach and you said it would rain and it did? I thought you'd say, I told you so, but you didn't. And the time I flirted with all the guys to make you jealous, and you were. I thought you'd leave me, but you didn't. And the time I spilled blueberry pie all over your brand new car rug. I thought you'd drop me for sure, but you didn't. And the time I forgot to tell you that the dance was formal and you showed up in jeans. I thought you'd smack me, but you didn't. Yes, there were lots of things you didn't do, but you put up with me, and you loved me, and you protected me. And there were so many things that I wanted to make up to you when you returned from Vietnam, but you didn't. That's a hard way to learn that love is lived in the now. It's a hard way to learn that you buy the dress now, that you write the note now. But, you know, we have another chance. She doesn't. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with you on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. If you'd like to send me a message, you can. And um, on 101.9, ah, 101. On 34519 SMS or Telegram on 061-895-1019. Now, Leo Biscaglia said, love lived in the now. So we are wired to connect with others. And without doubt, connecting with others improves our sense of ourselves and allows us to actually feel affirmed and like we belong. And I want to tell you of a group, I think I mentioned it before, a few years ago, uh, the, uh, my nurses, my nursing group, we, we nursed uh, in the late 1960s, and um, we got together, a group of us got together, and we have started a Nightingale Club. Well, this has been very exciting. Our it's it's reaffirmed all of us that we can, and it, it does keep reaffirming each of us. If someone's ill, everyone's there, not physically, 
but we are connected spiritually. We're connected emotionally. People send messages of, um, uh, two of our members did pass away in the last few years, but we walk beside them in, in our own way, connecting with them digitally, certainly, but still it was a connection. And I have been absolutely amazed and so proud of our group. Each and every one of them have gone on from their nursing days to do great things, to build on what we started with. And there's a common thread that runs throughout all of us. And that common, common thread is in recognition that we are each unique and that together we are strong. And that's what friendships are about. And we're not all the same. We've different religions, different cultures, but the, the what unites us is the, the connection. And as Bascaglio says, love lived in the now. So every day after Pesach, I mean, my phone was off from Wednesday night last week until Saturday night. And I couldn't wait, quite honestly, to actually go on to see what was happening. And we hadn't seen each other, most of us, for the last, perhaps on and off a couple of us, uh, for the last, I would say, almost 50 years. So you can imagine it is exciting. Now, these sort of social, there's what about social connections? Social connections also help to boost your mood. And they also are just very, very important. I'm just getting a message from Carol Kruger. Thank you, Craig, for sending it. Sue, I love your programs. Always so inspirational from Carol. Thank you so much, Carol. That's great. Mary Ann says, I really have enjoyed this particular broadcast, Sue. I have faith in the three main Abrahamic religions, the greater good from Mary Ann from Northcliffe. From your mouth to Hashem's ears, Mary Ann, I am hoping for the same, I must admit. Thank you for those messages. If you'd like to leave any messages, please do so on 34519 SMS or Telegram 061-895-1019. One message that did come through was, how do I still have faith when we see what's happening? Sorry, I was just taking a sip of water because I have to answer that. How do I still have faith? You know, Rabbi uh, Jonathan Sachs once spoke about faith after the Holocaust. And what, you know, how, how on earth could we go on believing after the Holocaust? There is good and evil in the world without doubt. We know that I would never, ever even presume to say there was and isn't evil. There is evil. But when I actually see how many people have survived such incredible pain and hardship, not only through the Holocaust, but through their own losses through their lives, and they have gone on living and gone on changing people's lives and, and reaching out to others who are in the same situation, even like this Rabbi D, whose family have just all been murdered, um, he is going to make a difference in the world. Now, that is what I call faith. I really do. Um, yeah, I'm going to be going to Advert again. Thank you, Craig. 
This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson. I'm back on the Finding Human program. Um, you're going to actually be listening to the the last of the Leo Biscaglia um, YouTubes now, and it's called Love is the Only Truth. Have the courage to love. Since love costs nothing to give or to take, you've got nothing to lose. Keep and maintain your sense of humor. You're going to need it because in a crazy world, it's only your insanity that will keep you sane. You've got to be a little nuts to survive. Remember that in spite of the propaganda to the contrary, there's plenty of love about. Feel it tonight. You'd have to be a zombie not to feel the vibrations of love, not to want to turn around and hug everybody in your environment. Remember that in spite of the propaganda to the contrary, there's plenty of love about. Most of us don't find it because we are very particular about finding our kind of love. You're going to look forever. Don't wait for others to bring you love. Be aggressive. Generate it yourself. And don't worry about the fact that your love isn't perfect. I have people telling me when I when my love becomes perfect, then I, you know, duh, you'll wait forever. Don't worry about the fact that love, your love isn't perfect. If a person says that they offer you the perfect love, they're either a liar or a fool, so run like hell. And no matter what else you've done of significance, it's a day wasted. Unless you've laughed, unless you've learned something new, and unless you've found someone or something new to love. Love each day as if it were your last. Because one of these days you're going to be right. So ask yourself, as a personal favor to me, why is it so difficult for me to say those three simple little words? Love you. What power? Forget your ego. Get out of your own way. It's time you say to the people in your space, I love you. Oh, what an incredible feeling it gives you. And what an incredible feeling it gives them. And with those feelings, you have the power to soothe and to create and to build and to know what I always say we all must be striving for. Rapture. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on High FM 101.9. Um, I'm being told to actually start wrapping up. I'm not sure if you heard that. I couldn't hear it from, from here by Leo Biscaglia, but um, hopefully you did. And um, I, I will be back with you next week 
just remember that in this time of digital interactions, we've also seen an increase in loneliness. And um, meetings and social gatherings are now literally done virtually. And when we celebrate each other's happy events, we do it with emojis. So I think let's change the culture of digital interactions and actually try to meet with our friends like we did on the Seder, like you, uh, people are doing on each night through Ramadan, like you have done in Easter. Please, can we all just think of peace and go forward knowing that we each have a responsibility to bring peace into our world. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pray. Thank you, Vusi. And thank you, Makundi.